we're continuing to look at the uh, parables as recorded in the book of Luke, and today uh, we're looking at uh, a couple parables according to Luke, uh, the parable of how to uh, act when you have been invited to a feast, and the parable of one who invited many to a feast and was disappointed by some responses. So we'll look at when you're invited, when you invite, and when you're invited. First off, when you are invited, Jesus' uh, advice to those who have been invited to a feast. And basically, this centers around your attitude toward yourself. Jesus noticed that the Pharisees and leaders were taking positions of honor, presuming that they should have those positions. And he said, when you gather, don't take those positions of honor. Take a position farther down the table. The positions of honor were closest to the host. And then as you went down the table, uh, the, um, the honor was less, so to speak. While people were trying to get close to the host. And Jesus said, Take a place farther down. Then, when the host puts value on you, places value on you, the host can invite you closer. But when you take that place of presumed value and someone more important comes in, you have to be humbled and take a seat farther away. Do not presume position, or you could be embarrassed, and you miss out on the joy and surprise when you are ultimately honored. And this centers in the Christian value, the value that we have because we are redeemed in Christ, of knowing who we are. We do not need to push ourselves into places of value, into perception of value, but we are valued because of what Christ has done for us. We are valued because we are God's valued creatures, God's beloved. And then, when you know who you are, you can begin to understand who other people are. Other people are, do not exist to make you feel good. Other people do not exist to allow you to feel superior to them. Other people want to feel important and valued too. And when you can get your mind around that truth, your fellowship, your ability to relate to other people will be so much stronger. Did you ever notice and C.S. Lewis points this out, and I've, I've mentioned it in sermons before, but that the people that try the hardest to get friends, the people who are most desperate, are the ones that turn other people off. They're the ones who end up having the fewest friends. But those who are confident in themselves, not arrogant, not boastful, not rude, but just know who they are and do not seek to their value by comparing themselves to other people who recognize the value of other people, those people are the ones most confident and really the most attractive to other people. Those who listen, those who care about others are the ones others most want to be around. And God values everyone. And God desires that we value everyone. So, Jesus says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
there is a humbling in store for those who exalt themselves. And the real truth, the real travesty for those who refuse to humble themselves is that they cannot get to God. Anyone who says, I'm valuable in and of myself, I'm good enough for God in and of myself, I'm more important than other people, does not understand themselves or God. For God welcomes those who admit that they are not good enough. God welcomes those who admit that they are just one among many people needing and desiring his love. And when we come to him like that, his arms are open wide. But when we presume that we are valuable enough for God or we can do enough to earn God's favor, to um, obligate God to welcome us, we are so sorely mistaken about how God works. And when we know that God welcomes us by grace, then we welcome others by that same kind of grace. Now, when you invite and this is an extension of our attitude toward others. Jesus says, when you have a luncheon or dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbors, or they may invite you back. And so you'll be repaid. But when you have, give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. In other words, view people through God's eyes. Value people as God values them, not based on status, earthly status, not based on how the rest of the world might value them, but value them as God values them and have grace. Recognize that we all are sinners in need of God's redeeming. We all are broken in need of God's fixing. We all need grace. And while from our earthly perspective, it may appear that some need more grace than others, a person who truly understands God's economy knows that they need as much grace as anyone else. So, when you look at the rest of humanity, look at them as deserving of grace, as deserving of love and needing acceptance and mercy. Make it your goal to bless, not to be blessed. Now, I have an old story that illustrates this. Uh, a number of years ago, I was uh, visiting friends, and I really needed them at that time. I needed to feel better about myself, so I decided I'm going to go visit these wonderful friends of mine. And I went, and I visited, and I sought their approval, I sought their acceptance. I really wanted to feel better about myself through this visit, and guess what happened? Not much. <laughs> I left there not feeling much better about myself. I left there feeling an emptiness because what I had hoped to receive, I did not receive. But I had an insight. And a few months later, when I visited them, them again, this insight directed our visit, at least my, uh, my part of the visit. I realized that to seek to be blessed usually leaves you disappointed, but to seek to bless 
blesses you. And when I went this next time, I went with the attitude of blessing them in whatever way I could, of listening to them, of caring about their lives and not seeking to have them fill the emptiness of my soul, but to fill them in whatever way I could with the love of God and with friendship. And that visit left me feeling richly, richly blessed. And we know that there is a great blessing. In um, verse 15, someone at the table says, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Because Jesus has said, when you invite those who need to be blessed, you are storing up for yourself blessing in the kingdom of God. So this person hears that and says, blessed are those who will eat at this feast. Now, some people, some commentators think this person was um, disingenuous, not really um, telling what he thought. He just was trying to win points with Jesus. But I think it's very likely that he actually was overwhelmed with that idea. When Jesus says, you will be blessed in the kingdom of God, you will be blessed at the feast in the kingdom of God, thought, won't that be glorious? And said so. So now Jesus tells us the second parable, the parable of the host who hosted a great feast and invited many people. And this tells us, once again, when we're invited, how we should respond. Um, the first, when, when you're invited, was our attitude towards self. The second, when we invite, was our attitude toward others. And now, when you're invited, this is our attitude toward the kingdom of God, toward the invitation to participate in the kingdom of God. This banquet uh, in um, verses 16 through 24 is representative of the kingdom of God. And know that an invitation to this banquet is the highest honor, not necessarily based on how important you are relative to someone else, but be, it's representative of God's grace and mercy extended toward you and God's desire to bring blessing, God's desire to bring fulfillment and joy to you. Because you should also know that this party will be glorious. The host has great riches, and the host's desire is to bless you with those riches. So how sad it is when the invitations go out, when the announcement is made that the banquet, the feast is ready, that people say, oh, I'm sorry, I just bought some land. In other words, I'm sorry, I'm building my own earthly kingdom. I have no time for this glorious feast. Someone else said, oh, I just bought oxen. In other words, I'm seeking my own power. I'm seeking to gain for myself. And my mind is really, and my heart is really wrapped up in those things. I'm sorry, I cannot enjoy this glorious banquet. And the other says, I'm sorry, I just got married. I cannot come. Whatever it is that is more important than experiencing this glorious banquet is a mistake. That does not mean that God does not value our 
marriages or uh, our earthly lives, but what it means is there's a priority issue here, and the priority, when you have been invited to the glorious banquet that will fulfill all the ultimate desires of your heart and soul, to say no to that is foolish for whatever reason. Every great holiday involves a banquet, but banquets are more important than food, are they not? They're also about fellowship, about getting together. And I've finally gotten old enough that family Christmas celebrations are much, much, much more for me about the family being together than about any gift I might receive. And family members watching this, you can, you can quote me on it because it is really so much more important to be with people and to enjoy that fellowship. When the family gets together, in a healthy family, of course, we get along and value each other and there's a value placed on us where, that is unlike anywhere else. When we come to Jesus Christ and become part of the family of God, there is a value placed on us greater than anything else. And it's very important to remember when we, especially on this World Communion Sunday, but truly every day, when we acknowledge that we are part of the family of God, part of the redeemed of Jesus Christ, when we feast at that table in the kingdom of God and look around, there will be people who look very different from us. There will be people who are from very different parts of the world than we are. There will be people from different classes than we are. And there will be none of them more valued than any other. We cannot carry attitudes of racism or classism or nationalism into our relationship with the kingdom of God. That does not mean that we should not have national pride, but there is a, a, an unhealthy connection among many with their pride in their country and a certain pride about their faith. And they put those two together. Folks, don't do it. God loved the whole world so much that he gave his one and only son. If you still have in your mind any kind of division that separates more valuable people from less valuable people, you do not understand the values of the kingdom of God. And I would encourage you to pray about those things and to ask God to help you to see other people as he sees them with the value that he places on them. The final statement in this passage, verse 24, I tell you, not one of those who were invited to get a taste, who were invited, will get a taste of my banquet. As the host has invited people, they've said no, but then he opens the banquet to everyone as a picture of God's grace toward everyone. But the host is grieved that those who were invited do not come. The host is grieved that they are missing out on the wonders that he's prepared for them. You are invited to the most glorious banquet. Set aside any pride. 
put aside any other priorities and say yes to this invitation to feast at the banquet in the kingdom of God.